iShares and S&P Dow Jones indices are proud to support the Wealth Management Edge podcast and financial advisors. With more than 1,250 products worldwide, iShares is dedicated to empowering millions of people to make their money work for them. Visit www.ishares.com to learn more. S&P Dow Jones Indices is the largest global resource for essential index-based concepts, data and research, and home to iconic financial market indicators such as the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average. iShares and S&P Dow Jones Indices are unaffiliated entities. Hello, my name is Navia Jenkins-Johnston. I am the senior conference producer for wealthmanagement.com events like Inside ETFs, Retirement Income Edge, Wealth Stack, and I am pleased to host the Wealth Management Edge Visionaries podcast. We get a chance here to speak to the subject matter experts who make our conference unforgettable. Thanks for joining us. Very excited to be speaking with the one and only Jamie Hopkins, um, who needs really no introduction, uh, but we will give that introduction in an interesting way for this particular podcast, and I will let Jamie do this himself. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Nabia, thanks for having me on. It's great to see you and, and talk to you here today. I'm excited about it. This will be fun. Me too. I am just thrilled. I've been waiting for this. For those of you who do not know, I am currently calling from London, recording this with Jamie, because that is how special Jamie is. And we're just, (laughs) (laughs) we are just thrilled to have you. And Jamie, tell us all where you're calling in from right now. So I think that's special as well. Yeah. So you and I have moved the opposite ways around the world this time. We're about as far apart as we can get right now. I'm out in Phoenix, Arizona uh, for the FPA National uh, Conference, which I've been to uh, many years. Great group of CFP professionals. And, you know, one of my one of my last kind of hurrahs here, finishing out my current role. And uh, Carson Coaching is a a partner of the FPA and does practice management coaching. So we've got a couple people presenting out here, Anna, uh, who I get to to work with at Carson ran the, the Sarah event earlier yesterday for Latino advisors. So that was really nice too. But uh, yeah, it's a special place. I love being around advisors and learning from people. I love that. And it's something that we have in common and why we have worked together, even our organizations. And now you and I in particular, that, that that's what we do every day. We work with advisors, we listen to them and we create solutions based on the needs that they highlight, right? We, we want to be in the position of service. Uh, I think it's interesting to talk a little bit more about the other things that we have in common, because this is a special conversation. So while you said that we have gone as mm-hmm. far away, <laughs> right, in yeah. the opposite direction, we are normally very close. We are, we're both in the, in the greater Philadelphia area, which I must boast because I'm excited for everyone who's close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to my neck of the woods. Um, So that's very exciting. And I think it also ties into something I want to, you know, kind of talk about very early on, 
we know that you have been really a a leader and part of the family at Carson Group and have really made some incredible changes, not only uh, specifically for your organization, but also for the financial services industry. You you mentioned you mentioned really your 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 space in terms of the public brand for Carson and going to different conferences, including what you're doing today. Can you tell us a little bit about the legacy of your work at Carson, what 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 that sort of meant to you in terms of the specific changes that you made and some of the the real passion that you have for this space in your time that, you know, in the, in the tenure for Carson Group? Yeah, well, thank you, Nabi. And yeah, go go Philly area. I, I do love <laughs> Philly area. And it's a, it's a wonderful place to live. It's yeah, one of my favorite places in the country. I've gotten to travel a lot and I never really uh, want to leave Philly. I think it's a fantastic food and cultural area and uh, really special to me. The, the, uh, the other part about Carson and, you know, I'm kind of in this interesting spot where you, you're I'm leaving a firm um, that I love tremendously and have had a big impact with and gotten to grow with and help watch other leaders develop and grow. And, you know, I'm really proud of what Carson's accomplished over, you know, the kind of the last five years when I've been there, but obviously longer than that. I mean, Ron's been a figurehead in this profession and industry for 30 plus years and has impacted so many advisors. And, you know, I don't think I even fully grasped it to I came there. And, you know, I run into advisors that were ready to quit the business and did blueprinting with coaching and like fix their marriages, spent time with their kids and have stayed in this profession for 20, 30 years. And we're ready to quit because of that. And, you know, we got a, a letter like a year ago about one of those where like they the husband and wife did it together and it helped save their marriage and they're still together. And you don't really think about all those pieces when you think about like a coaching organization and financial services, but it's really changed people's lives. And so I've been really proud to be part of that team and, and lead that up and do some of our partnerships like with FPA. And then probably one of the things I'm most proud of, which really was, you know, Ron and Bird and Aaron Shaben and Terry, kind of our leadership team here at Carson bought into the, you know, we have to invest back into this next generation of leaders. And I shouldn't just say advisors. I mean, it's really leaders. People are going to end up elsewhere, but a big focus on the advisor one. So we launched about three years ago now, like our next gen training program inside Carson and the internships through hires. And then we have a two year advisor training program where we bring people out to Carson. And uh, just this past week, we had uh, kind of one of our first ones actually like finish up the full program and move out to an advisory firm and like fully all the way through. And it was just kind of nice to see that person go from like an intern to hired to train to license to a job to working with clients. And, you know, now there's a whole pipeline of those. But that was, I think, really special for me to be able to see that before I left that we got to see this whole life cycle kind of move through. And I think that's really important. That ties to some of my other work with FinServe Foundation. But Carson's a special place. And I'm, I'm moving on to uh, Brimar Trust, which is right down the street from you and me. And mm -hmm. and that's a uh, WISFIS owned company. And that's a regional bank in the Northeast for people who aren't aware of it. A lot of advisors probably know Brimar Trust from they own Delaware Trust Company. And so if you're the Heckerling and some of the other trust, uh, you know, trust and will 
type of uh, readership group probably see them show up more there. So you're probably a little bit more familiar with that side, but I'm excited for it, but it's a weird spot right now. It's like, I, I love a place. I'm also excited about the next chapter and being home in our area and being part of that community. Uh, it's an interesting reflection point is like my community has really been the industry for the last, you know, probably 13 years. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I kind of tie in and out of Philly a lot of times. And instead I'm at a conference. I am in Phoenix. I am in Omaha. I am in San Francisco. And I am looking forward to like kind of focusing on my local community, um, being around my kids and then leading a team at Bryn Mawr Trust. So that's kind of what's next. At least I didn't cry today. I, I've gotten really <laughs> ups- I, I've done this conversation like a hundred times now in the last three weeks, or I should say like 1200 times, but you know, at least I didn't cry this time. I think I've emotionally gotten to the point where I, I'm just excited. I'm no longer mourning. I've gotten through that part. So just in the new excitement world. I I love this. I love that you you share with our audience some of the the emotional sides um that we experience when we talk about transition, right? Because that that was one of the words that came to mind when I thought about this conversation. We have our home. We have all that we've built in those spaces, but in order to really grow, in order to really see replication, we need to duplicate. And that means creating new spaces, right? Um, and so I'm I'm very excited that uh, Bring More Trust will have a new SVP, Director of Private Wealth Management in Jamie Hopkins to continue the legacy that you've started at Carson. I... Um, I think that there are lessons here, right? There are lessons here for, like I said, creating new spaces, for creating the spaces that we want to see in the world. And so I wanted to quickly ask uh, about something you touched on, the FinServe Foundation, right? Tell us a little bit about what the FinServe Foundation does in a practical, sort of in a practical way for our community and and you know how maybe they can get involved if that's something that that they're interested in. Well, first of all, thank you for being involved. So Nabia is involved <laughs> with Fitzer Foundation uh, and helps mentor uh, a young professional. So it's really awesome. Uh, you can go to the website. I'll just hit that off the bat. So it's FinServe. Um, with a V foundation.org and you can check out what we do there, but I'll run through a little bit of the history of what we do. And I, this is one of the things I've been most proud of. And I do talk to one of my good friends and board members uh, at FinServe, Dr. David Roney, uh, who some of you, if you're on Twitter, probably uh, see him from time to time. And he does some speaking in our space too. He's a brilliant person. And uh, we talk about like our legacy around this industry. And sometimes him and I get to the point that like FinServe might end up being the thing that has the biggest impact on our legacy in this profession. It's it maybe it won't be building up a, you know, the the Brimar Trust RIA and making that even better. Maybe it's going to be FinServe. And FinServe started back kind of end of 2019 and then uh, heading into 2020, uh, the world changed. So oddly enough, we were able to kind of like get it going because I had more focus time then. And so we launched a nonprofit back then really to provide three things for what we looked at as, as, you know, young professionals that want to come into the financial planning space. So the first one was a community. And so we wanted to give them like access to a community. And one of the ways that we looked at that was we fund, you know, kind of conference trips for students that 
you know, apply and get accepted into Friendserve Foundation. We've taken over 200 students to conferences fully paid, their flights, their hotels, their food, their Uber, the conference registration in the last 12 months. Um, that is a really impressive thing uh, to me. And it gives them exposure early on to this industry and opens their eyes to other opportunities that, you know, I don't think I got to go to my first conference to maybe 10 years into the profession. They, a lot of times you don't have money to do that. You can't afford it. You're coming out of school. You might have debt. You know, it's expensive. You know, it might cost a thousand dollars and that's a big hurdle. So we wanted to remove that hurdle to kind of entering the profession and get exposure. That was number one. And so that's a core part of what we do. The second part of we provide two years of coaching. Now it's really group-based coaching. And uh, so we try to do that their senior year plus the year after they graduate to provide a bridge around leaving school. Because a lot of, uh, if you look at a lot of the CFP programs, we see these great diverse classes in there and then they leave and they just kind of disappear, like they're not staying in the industry. And it's a big problem CFP is looking at, the universities are looking at. But one of the things talking to university program directors is the students that don't have built-in networks, that don't have dads and moms that were, you know, doctors, lawyers, or advisors, they don't have the right, like, kind of system coaching and community after they graduate. So part of our goal was, let's try to continue that community post-graduation. Um, and we do, we're doing that via coaching. Then the third part that was always part of the initial FinServe program was to launch mentorship. Um, we launched that officially um, kind of like as a real program. We we had kind of one-off mentorship offering the last two years, but we matched now 68 students this summer, the, the current cohort with mentors. And I don't know if that's the largest, but it's got to be up there now. And our industry is one of the larger mentorship programs. And that's where you came into Navia and, and donated time to, to work with these young professionals. And uh, Kellen Brown, who's on our board, and then taking a role with the firm and stepping off the board next year. Uh, she's really kind of helped spearhead the content creation. And so we created a six-month structured mentorship program to really make it easier for uh, the advisors and professionals that join us to actually do it so they don't feel stressed out and to help the young professionals that are looking for a mentor kind of have a roadmap on how to engage with this. So that's the core of it, right? It's take students to conference, give them coaching, give them mentorship. We have started delivering scholarships on an at-need basis for licensing exams too. So we've done some 765 CFP. And the whole notion of this is we want to remove as many hurdles as possible so that people can come into this profession and be successful. And, uh, you know, there might be another way that we add to it long-term, but super excited about that. Um, you know, the team's grown a lot. We have a great board and great, you know, kind of donors, but that's always the challenge with nonprofits is keeping things, uh, you know, running smoothly. And, and we've grown faster than we thought. And I think that demonstrates that there's a real need from students for this type of community and access and exposure and mentorship. Originally, I thought we would do about 40 people a year. And as I said, I, I think we're up over 200 right now, uh, which is great. But it brings its own challenges, right? It's like we we grew a lot faster than we thought we were going to grow, um, and it's been wonderful. Uh, but that's uh, that's the next phase: is how do I take that maybe from two hundred to five hundred? Um, that's going to require more structure, more funding. Um, so anyone who wants to be a mentor or donate, you can do that at FinSurfFoundation.org. I love it, and and I love being part 
of the work that you have um, made made possible, right? For not only financial professional professionals, but also for our mentees. It really means that we're taking that 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 word legacy to another level as we see our impact sort of exponentially grow with those that we've um we've invested in right for, <laughs> mm-hmm. so i i'm interested as we've talked a little bit about transitioning from perhaps a past role into a current role right and even sort of your focus in terms of brinmar trust on the area on mm-hmm. philadelphia the greater philadelphia area and and what you're able to do there i wonder if we take that uh, as our next step in this conversation, as we talk about the journey into what 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 does your sort of present into very next steps look like mm-hmm. for your new role at Bryn Mawr Trust and in this new incarnation of <laughs> Jamie Hopkins, period? <laughs> yeah, well, the uh, maybe I'll just spend some time on that whole notion of transition first, yeah. which is super cool. So we'll talk <laughs> about that. Yeah, uh, where should I start here? So here's an interesting topic that came up maybe uh, two years ago with me. Um, mm-hmm. Bert White, who's the chief strategy officer at Carson, asked me right after he joined about my, uh, I guess my brand, I think was the question he asked. And how do other people talk about me? How do people see me? And I think what I told him was, I think a lot of people view me as like the retirement guy and I hold up these little funny signs and, and do videos. And that's a lot of my brand. And what we kind of, dived into in that conversation was that was 100% me. Back when I was at American College running the retirement income program, building the RICP, you know, I was a retirement income person. I was a, you know, subject matter expert. I ran a research center and I ran an education program. And that was really what I did. The interesting thing is you fast forward to almost a decade later, uh, that really isn't who I am anymore, but it's a little bit of my brand is it hasn't fully transitioned off of that. Like I probably spend about 5% of my time per week actually creating videos or content or tweeting or retirement income anymore. Um, Over the last five years, I think I've launched three or four joint ventures, right? A nonprofit on the board of three different companies. I was managing a team, I think of up almost to 270 people at some point here at Carson. I've did the largest seven or helped with the team that did the largest seven a deal we ever did. My, my, my actual job in the world was like very different. And I kind of shifted into more of a manager and builder of things and transitioned into that over time. But my brand didn't really transition along with me uh, to the public world. Now, internally, people knew that. They knew I didn't do the other things anymore. But that was a really interesting conversation. And so I think one of the things that's probably helpful for people to know is like what Bryn Mawr and Wispus is getting is not like a retirement income guy who does little slides. It's a builder of programs and divisions and offerings. And so what I'm really excited about, I mean, this is a, a great brand in the area. There's a great team there. And it's continuing to expand. Um, I I love the fact that I'll be able to have conversations now about our underserved, unbanked individuals in the you know Philadelphia area, which you know Navia, you know, is a big issue in our area. Philly, Philly's actually was historically one of the worst, and now I'm part of a regional bank that is going to be able to have some impact there. Doesn't mean that's going to be the day one thing, but that's important to me. I know it's important to the firm and kind of continuing to expand that out. But then my job is really to take the wealth team and make them like just the best wealth team in the area. And so from our trust team 
you know, our RIA team or wealth advisors kind of help coordinate that. And I think bring a little bit of the RIA mentality to the team there and just help them move forward a lot. And, you know, technology rollouts, product rollouts, I've got a bazillion things I've got on my mind that I'm excited about. But I also, I'm sure some of my team's going to be listening to this. And uh, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to overwhelm you yet either, but I've got a thousand ideas. But I, I'm coming in and I'm going to listen first. So as I transition into a team, I've got to listen. I've got to assume that I don't know the answers. I've got to leverage a great team there and great leaders and kind of pull that together. And I'm really excited to do that. Uh, it's different than some of my previous building where a lot of times I built the entire team up from scratch. Uh, you know, I hired everybody on the team and we started things from ground zero. Well, here I'm going to get to work with really great existing teams and say, hey, what are the four or five things we can get some quick wins on and kind of move forward? So I'm super excited about that. I'm excited to kind of bring FinServe to that space too. I've had some good conversations with the CEO about supporting FinServe uh, inside of WISVIS and BMT. Um, actually, one of my new team members is also mentoring. So he 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 was smart. He saw that uh, you know, I was coming on board and signed up. So that 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 definitely wins you brownie points right away, right? Like already ahead of the game, man. I, I loved it. I love it as well. And I think that any way that we can make it happen, I'll we'll we'll take it, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so that's exciting to hear that you've been able to bridge a little bit, right? In terms of the transition, you've been able to bridge your personal brand with more of your professional brand and with what you've been doing currently, which is really sort of this interesting place of a, a place of past, present, and future, right? Mm -hmm. And I think about I think about all of the things that you can teach us as an audience and as a visionary in this space. And one of the things that I think maybe is a tie across, across all of these is a little bit about you, the importance of education for you as I see a, a theme, right? I don't even know if everyone realizes Jamie, <laughs> Jamie Hopkins is Jamie Hopkins Esquire. Jamie Hopkins CFP, Jamie Hopkins RICP. Some of those may be familiar, <laughs> some of them may not be. But you're currently, uh, you're currently in the in the role of a finance professor, right? Mm -hmm. And and specifically of uh, of practice, a finance professor of practice. And you you used to work for the American College of Financial Services. Mm -hmm. How does the education piece, how does it change the lives of people that are done or think they're done with education? So not 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 the folks that were were, yeah. were training up in the <laughs> in the mentor program, but how do financial professionals in their everyday lives incorporate the spirit of education and of learning um, to sort of propel them into the greater future? Yeah, it's a great question, Nabia. And, you know, if you look at my background, it, you'll quickly find out that I care a lot about education. And part of it is the fact that I think education gave me the I mean, it is it's it's what gave me career opportunities. 
it, I, you know, I have what three master's degree, a doctorate degree. Um, I'm a PhD dropout though. So I did drop out of that. Uh, I've taught at three different universities, Villanova, American college and Creighton. And so I, I love education. Now here's a really surprising thing. A lot of people have told me they'll look at that and be like, Oh, you must be really good at school. I, I have this photo. And I think if I finish my next book, I'm going to actually include it. I scored in second grade on that national assessment thing and the yeah. bottom 4% of second graders, I guess, um, eight-year-olds in the country in spelling and like language, bottom four. And so wow. I actually like, so my mom gave me all these papers and uh, I was going through them because I was cleaning out my office this past week and I found that one and I called my, my mom and I was like, mom, I feel like you should have told me, like I was like, that is some serious struggle at the bottom 4%. <laughs> and like, you know, I knew growing up, I've always been in kind of like the bottom half of my class whenever I started. And by the time I finished that school, I kind of eked my way up to like the top 25%. I never got to the very top, but I don't. And then I kind of go to the next thing in high school and I'd start in the bottom half and I work my way up in college and law school. And it, it felt like that always. And I actually think it's really important because I think a lot of people look at that and like people who do that much education are naturally talented in and they're great. You know, they have great minds and they're great learners. But education to me didn't come naturally. It's something it took me, you know, like decades to really start to grasp, which I think is really interesting. But it's given me a lot of the opportunities that I've had now in life. And so I'm a big believer in lifelong learning. And then I'm going to tie it to this other part, because I don't think everybody needs to take more and more designations and programs, but you need to be learning some way. So like podcasts are one way to learn. Doing practical things is one way to learn. Um, and then really what it ties to is like you're going to be super educated and have no practical experience and not be all that functional. You can be, you know, sometimes really practical, but be missing kind of the new things that are coming because you're not continuing to educate yourself. So you fall behind. And we see that happen to businesses. Businesses get destroyed. Industries get destroyed because they don't stay up to speed. And what that really gets to is this notion of relevant experience. What you need in life is not just experience or knowledge. You need relevant experience because you can have all the experience in the world. But guess what's coming next is, uh, you know, AI and digitalization of our world. And you need experience with that. It doesn't really matter how great you were with the world that existed a decade ago. Um, and so I think about that all the time is like, what is the relevant experience that you're building? And the world is changing faster than it ever has before. So our need to keep up with that relevant experience is more pressing than it's ever been. And what I'll say is I think that a lot of education programs that are more traditional are falling a little bit behind there because they don't update fast enough. Um, so you go to some education programs and I mean, they're a decade behind where the industry is. And so I do worry about that um, from an education standpoint. I think some of the programs like RICP was interesting because it was just interviewing experts in the field constantly right. and updating the program. So we were able to kind of like take what was actually happening today and put it into place. And I, I think we're going to have to see more of that from an education standpoint is kind of just in time education to bring that relevant experience to the forefront of advisors. But I'm definitely going to, you know, our team at, at Brimar Trust, I mean, they're very educated. I think a lot of relevant experience and, you know, being at conferences, podcasts, those types of things can help with that knowledge gap too. Um, yes. But I, 
I do always say now somebody I sometimes get it wrong because I said it once on a stage and then it's like one of my favorite own quotes, but I didn't mean to like come up with it that day was that like (laughs) education alone isn't enough. If we educate people, but we don't put systems and processes into to execute, we just get smarter people doing the same dumb things. Right. Like (laughs) that's a good one, Jamie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I remember somebody like, quoted that. And I was like, Hey, that was a pretty good one. A lot of times I get up on stage and just ramble off nonsense. And I was like, but that one really matters. (laughs) No, no, I don't believe it. And I think our audience will agree that you're consistent in the value of what you deliver on stage. And so I'm, I'm going to say this because of course I have to say it before we unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) end our podcast. One of the things that's super special about um, knowing Jamie and knowing his work is that, like I said, he's able to tie everything together. And we are honored at uh, Wealth Management Edge to have the value of his expertise in retirement at our newest uh, event, Retirement Income Edge. We'll be doing some very special things together as a team, as a partner, continuing on in our relationship And we'll actually be breaking down some of that real learning, real education, that hands-on small group breakout, you know, so really you're going to be led by Jamie Hopkins and you'll be able to sit in a small group with him. This is a really exciting, wonderful opportunity. So I hope that as I see Jamie you know, I live in Philadelphia. I'm very close, right? But you have an opportunity to see him in May in sunny Florida. I hope that you'll all join us to kick off Wealth Management Edge 2024 with a dynamic and and really life-changing, if you let it, conversation with Jamie Hopkins just like this one. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> It's going to be a blast. You know, I love retirement income planning. It's my knowledge area. And you know, I kind of stay up to speed. I, I mentioned before I joined a couple boards in the income lab, and I think they'll probably be there too, at least some of them. But um, that's a really dynamic program. And it's helped change the way I look at income planning to like an adaptive based pro- approach versus, you know, some of the other approaches that I used to talk about a lot. I've kind of added that to a lot of my thinking and the way I approach it. But they're, they're a great team, great software. And, you know, the edge retirement income is going to be really, really nice down there in Florida in May. So I'm excited and do breakouts and get relevant experience right from others in the room i love it thank you so much jamie thank you for joining us thanks to our audience i am so excited uh, to hear your feedback on this incredible conversation um, and we'll talk to you soon iShares and S&P Dow Jones Indices are proud to support the Wealth Management Edge podcast and financial advisors. With more than 1,250 products worldwide, iShares is dedicated to empowering millions of people to make their money work for them. Visit www.ishares.com to learn more. S&P Dow Jones Indices is the largest global resource for essential index-based concepts, data, and research, and home to iconic financial market indicators such as the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average. 
iShares and S&P Dow Jones indices are unaffiliated entities.